I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Music advice coming at you every other day, not including weekends. <laughs> We're getting on schedule, man. Yeah, we are getting on, getting on schedule at Open Studio. Go to openstudiojazz.com to check out all of our jazz piano Okay, courses. just to let you guys know, this is a very special episode. Adam has been drinking. Spindrift. Spindrift. <laughs> it's a very special Are you episode. going with the lemon, too? We got to get them as sponsors, man. Spindrift is awesome, Because we can't afford the amount that we're consuming here in the studio. You know what it is? It's, it's only sparkling water and real squeezed fruit. It's none of that uh, other BS that goes along. Yes. Do you know, just a, as a quick aside, you know some of the BS that they put in those other ones? Like the one you love, La Croix. What? This is not from France. I don't know. Should you maybe not Natural tell flavors. These? Natural flavors are never good, right? They're not good. They, but it's tricky because... Oh, it's a natural flavor. They're trying to trick you. They're trying to trick you. Yeah, yeah the Spindrift has no... Why, why are we doing a commercial for these people? I don't know. We like them, though. Yeah, yeah. Spindrift. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Wait, isn't our sponsor Open Studio? Open Studio. We like them, too. Get out. There's, oh, the Spindrifts. <laughs> there's no natural flavors in Open Studio <laughs> jazz, either. No, but there is natural flavor. Flavor. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Yeah, come check out... You know, we've got so much new stuff that you're only... Our biggest fault is that we have too much content. <laughs> uh, but your piano wax is passing. Oh, I was, was going to get you again. Where's our friend that come on now? Oh, a little Byron Lovelace. Oh. Oh, yeah. Byron Lovelace. Byron Lovelace. Where you at, Byron? Byron, Byron, love. Right. Okay, Byron hasn't that. hit us up in a while. Byron, I know. Why, what, what, yeah, I don't Between, know. We made him famous. Come I know. on, Byron. Byron's off the wagon. Maybe he's not like. What him. are we talking about today? Today we're talking about reaching forth. We're talking about McCoy Tyner. We're talking about just an unbelievable track and solo from one of our favorite pianists, uh, the great McCoy Tyner. I've been listening to a lot of McCoy Tyner. This is from his album called Reaching Forth, 1963. Roy Hands on drums, Henry Grimes on the bass. And I think it's an underrated uh, record. I think that whole period, I, I listened to yesterday, I listened to Inception, Reaching Forth, and um, uh, what was it? A Night of Ballads and Blues? Night, Nights, Nights, of Ballads of, and Nights of Ballads That's and Blues. That's a great one. Impulse. Yeah. They're all really good, man. I've slept on them. I mean, I've heard them, but I've not like heard them, heard them. And it's just been so cool to catch up with it. So this Reaching Forth, did, did I hear you correct in saying earlier that you have this on LP, as it were? So no, I got, I have Inception on the way okay. on LP. I'm gonna get reaching forth i think a little bit later but you know the lps are not uh it's not cheap I'm i know and i limit myself to a few a week or else I'm yeah we should make a little field trip up to uh vintage vinyl because sometimes they've got such items it's they don't have a big online presence so you got to go in and, what do you know about record exchange see this is we, i gotta hit you to record exchange no. in south city it's no just, i don't know oh about my that. gosh you talk about dusty <laughs> like literally it's dusty I mean, there's dust covers on the people that work there <laughs> because oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so dusty but man they have such a huge selection it's so yeah. great if you're if you webster records you are they still happening uh no i don't think they okay. are no there's a place down here but now. but euclid records euclid records, euclid records that's right are happening and that's right. yeah we should uh we should get a sponsor for some of these that's records right. you know what I'm saying? all right so i thought we would just listen to up until the bass solo because he really cares about the bass solo anyway oh my goodness no no i'm kidding we should listen to the whole track it's four minutes long it's not that long so let's, let's just it. listen to the entire track can we then, stop and talk about it i love doing that 
And it's it's gonna be it's, it drives Andrew crazy, but oh, we, can, we can talk about it afterwards. Okay, but and we'll just invite folks if you do like a, a time when we do talk about everything. Join us for our Tuesday evening live sessions. Go to openstudiojazz.com/slash live. That's right. You know what those? I do, and you know, uh, send us your email, your suggestions for sessions. If you want to listen to music with us, yeah. we do it every Tuesday live on YouTube. On YouTube. It's awesome. Uh, we got to talk later about what we want to do tomorrow do, night yeah. too. But uh, let's check it out. This is Reaching Forth, 1963. McCoy Tyner, Roy Haynes, Henry Grimes. <laughs> So we're talking about McCoy Tyner. Please check out the entire track uh, as well. This is actually amazing bass solo by Henry Grimes, who we just lost a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, the great, the great, great, great Roy Haynes, who's still kicking it, doing his thing. So let's talk about a couple of things McCoy's doing here and how someone who would want to get that sound could get that sound. Mm. We can't break down every note of the solo or even the construction of it, but it's really advanced, especially for how young he was on this. And it's, you know, we were talking the other day about um, being yourself, right? And that sound. You know, the rest of the record, um, this was kind of in a period where he was being, I was reading up that the producer of these records, and I'm going to forget down his name, but um, for Impulse, was kind of... Is that Bob Teal? Bob Teal, yeah. thank you. Was pushing him to be more sort of Oscar Peterson-ish or straight ahead, right? Mm. Um, and this, rec- this track on this record, which is his second record as a leader, only his second record as a leader, 
uh, is really more in his sound, right? His where where McCoy ended up, right? F- you know, being known for. And there's some certain signatures here that are very McCoyish, and that a lot of people have borrowed since. The first, I think, is those fourth voicings in his left yes. hand. So you know, this is like an. He's a- really reaching forth with those with that left hand, like quite literally. So <laughs> the mo- most of the tune goes between like an A seven, A seven sus to a B flat, yeah, sus B flat seven, right? Which are, by the way, inter- kind of interchangeable in this context. But that A seven that he's playing, three note voicings mostly, right? Yeah. Uh, he's hanging out around here a lot. F sharp, C sharp, and G. Yeah. Right, and then he can slide these diatonically. Yeah. That's what's so cool about. So you yeah. can just slide these up in A dominant scale, right? Moving every note. I love that one. And they work great. Yeah. Same thing. When you go to B flat, you can slide them up and down that B flat mixolydian scale. That's kind of the first like hallmark of this sound. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times uh, when people are first getting into McCoy's playing and, and such a beautiful, expansive sound, and they want to start to get these little things, they think, oh, fourth voicings. Okay, they only are talking, they're only hearing or thinking about the, the perfect fourth ones and not that one with the, it, 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 all fourths are fine. Yeah. Augmented fourths, yeah, yeah. perfect fourths, combinations of them. Yeah. Um, when and you, so when you, you want to s- think about that. When you set yourself up in fourths on this, on like a mixolydian scale or dominant scale, if you just move them diatonically, you're going to have different kinds of fourths. Right. 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 It's not all going to be perfect. It's going to have tritones. And I think, you know, too, I, I know you're probably planning on talking about this later. We'll just throw it in there. You know, a, a lot of the genius of McCoy, especially in this early McCoy period, is about how he uses the same voicings and concepts for voicings, both the actual voicings and the diatonic movement of them in his in his melodic playing as That's well. Right. That's know? right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, you you know, and it's 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 a good reason why you should learn these voicings and the diatonic movement and application of them with both hands. So you can go through like left hand, just like you want to go with the, I mean, right hand, just like you want to go through it with the left hand, same thing, and then the B flat, and you want it because you know from the piano standpoint, it's really about the shapes, and you can talk about a different instrument. Yeah. For other instruments, if you want to get that McCoy sound, it's gonna be all melodic because you can't you know you can't play the chords at the same time, but you can run through them you know, in a horizontal fashion as opposed to the vertical chords. So true. And one more voicing thing on this track in particular, he does a lot of this, right? And this is a spread voicing idea, right? So it's, and he's using this like in a solo, like the, that kind of thing. Still doing, I think a lot of three note voicings in force from what I can hear in his left hand. And then adding this octave with a, a, a fifth up from the bottom note in the right. Yeah bigger sounding melodies in octaves again with that fifth so like here right so i have that f sharp c sharp g voicing from the top down in my left hand and then a e a yeah right can add another note maybe to that left hand voice if you want but really that's the the sound fantastic yeah yeah fantastic fantastical and then one more thing that i just want to point out is just the the pentatonic thing right yes it's not even that pentatonic <laughs> what he's doing. You know what I mean? There's pentatonics in there. There's a lot of those fourth voicings you were saying, but he's using different pentatonic scale. It's not just like the A pentatonic scale. He's not doing that at all, actually. Right. There's a lot of D major. Yes. He'll do that. Yeah. He'll do G or E minor yeah. to, to the B minor or the D major. He'll kind of mix them interchangeably. He'll just do shapes on the dominant scale. You know? Right. So. Yeah, I mean, he, McCoy always had such a great concept on actually inside playing. And I would say even like, 
you know, pentatonics, like understanding all the different diatonic pentatonics that you'd have over these static, well, you know, elongated sections where you're sitting on one chord. He was, of course, known to be, especially later on, but even, you know, on this recording too, like a master of taking it out and bringing it. But the whole thing is you can't take it out unless you know how to play inside. And so I think in some ways, pentatonic is such a modern sound, but such an inside way to play too. Well, this, I would say 99% of what he played on the solo is inside. Right. It wasn't outside the changes. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, he hadn't discovered that yet. It's just like he knew how to apply it, like the the dramatic, dramatic implications on what it does in your solo. He's such a master of understanding that and pulling it out at the right time. And I think, too, because this track's at the beginning of the album, I don't know, they, there could have been some thought about that. It's like, let's ease our way into it. Yeah. You got any other thoughts on what we heard? Well, I think, you know, as always, it's it's an interesting thing to kind of, in analyzing McCoy's style, is to talk about, like, how much he's, you know, another McCoyism in terms of, I mean, that sounds horrible when I'm playing on this <laughs> yeah, keyboard, yeah, yeah. but you can imagine McCoy playing on a beautiful Steinway, and it's like fifths, octaves, or octaves and fifths i mean it's such a simple thing and so it becomes what a lot of pianists try to ape as far as mccoy's playing but with a lot of things that are simple but very effective by great artists like this check out when he uses them how he uses them and how they work into the flow of his playing in general especially on the solos the timing of when he goes down and hits those octaves of course yeah the power and the resonance he was known for that and that became a big part of his playing um but you know, really the application and like how it kind of became sort of defining his style, I think was as much about when he used them and how he used them as the fact that, yeah, it's an octave and a fifth. And so we can learn a lot from that if you want to use those and everybody wants to use them at some point, but don't make it just like you're imitating and you're just mashing down on these random ass fifths and octaves, you know, Make, make it count. For sure. Awesome, man. It's great stuff. If you haven't checked out the early McCoy stuff as a leader, go check it out. All those impulse records. I'm just really loving getting into this, man. And, uh, yeah, we should get some get some more vinyl for this around the studio. Yeah, and the last track on this I love. Maybe maybe we could even check it out going out. I don't know. Is Let's that, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the um, Have You Met Miss Jones. I love this arrangement. And I believe, as if I, I haven't listened to this record in a while, but I believe that it's in a fun, not funny, but a key that, beep. Oh, man, the whole record. It's in uh, E flat, I right think. Right before this is in a killing arrangement of Old Devil Moon. Old so, Devil Moon's great, yeah. yeah. And Goodbye, what a, what a beautiful... Beautiful tune. So we'll go out on that. Go to openstudiojazz.com to check out all of our jazz piano courses, all of our jazz courses, whatever you want to check out. It's all there. You know. Yeah, that's how we do it. So have you been with I hope it's in E flat. We'll see. You'll hear it. (laughs) 